Welcome to Creative Abundance with Aubrey Westland. I'm Aubrey, your host. Over the past decade, I've ventured through the world of entrepreneurship, launching three businesses from the spark of an idea to thriving ventures. And now I'm eager to share those insights with you. Here, creativity and finance don't just coexist, they harmonize. Join me as we plant ideas, nurture dreams, and collectively harvest the riches of creative abundance. Hello, everyone. I just want to paint a picture for you right now of where I am. I'm sitting on my porch in our little, we call it the queen chair, but it's just like one of those wicker, like egg-shaped chairs, and I have a blanket over the top. And I have been stuck in the house for the past three days. I haven't been able to go anywhere, do anything because my daughter is sick and she's really sick. And if you're a parent, you know how that goes. They want to be glued to you 24-7. She wants me to sleep in her bed with her. She wants me to cuddle her all day, which is nice. But also like now, like I'm just going crazy. I'm going stir crazy and so I was able to sneak away onto my porch and get some fresh air and sunlight which is nice but yeah she's too sick to go anywhere or do anything and I think this is like one of the hardest things about being a single mom is just in these times I have no one can take over for me and maybe honestly maybe this is just being a parent because you're child wants you and needs you but like I don't have that other parent to step in and give me a break so that I can go take a walk (laughs) and also like you can't I just don't have like people that can watch my daughter it's either like I have friends who have kids and like they're probably the ones that would you know want to step in and help me but at the same time I don't want to risk getting their family sick And so, yeah, it has not been easy, but I also love it. I love it when she, like, once needs me and wants me to cuddle her and not just pretending that I'm sick, too, and watching movies and stuff with her. But anyways, I wanted to record a quick episode for you today about stock photography And specifically addressing the fear around AI and stock photography being dead because of AI or soon to be dead. And I get this fear, but I also feel like photographers, we've been through this before. Remember when film went to digital? I really do relate this to that. Speaking of like using AI tools to create images that look like photos. And you've seen this, like people have posted that there's been like the AI yearbook trend and um, the headshot trend and people like getting some pretty amazing photos of themselves that they can actually use. And I do believe in some ways like that, photographers will have to pivot and they will have to find something new to offer but I also think that at this I mean at this point 
I really just don't think that it compares to getting your photo taken by a real person with creative ideas and the ability to read your emotions. Photos have, they give you feelings, right? I feel like we've all had that photo we could think of that makes us feel things. Maybe it makes us angry. Maybe it makes us tear up. Maybe it makes us miss someone. Do you get that when you're looking at an AI-generated photo? No, I don't think so. To me, I I also would compare this to the difference between everyone having a phone in their hand, sorry, a camera in their hand via their phones, and everyone having access to AI tools to generate images with right? Everyone has those tools, but not everyone can be a good photographer, right? Like I, it takes an eye for composition. It takes knowing how to use light. It takes all these different things, which like, yeah, anyone can do it, but I really don't think just anyone could create a photo worthy of being licensed in a magazine or something like that, right? So in the same way, you all could pay $20 to get on ChatGPT and have it use have it use Dolly to generate an image for you. You all have the ability to do that right now. And it's it doesn't sound hard, right? Like you just describe what you want in the image. But I will tell you, I have been trying to make a good image, to generate a good image. And it is not easy. And I'm talking like an image that I would feel proud to say that I made, right? Like it's not easy to do. And it's not easy to get this thing to read your mind. And I just feel like a lot of the images I get, unless I really get super descriptive and look up specific terms for what it is that I want I feel like the images I get are pretty generic and not necessarily like unique or creative or like worthy of being used in a brand campaign or something like that right so all that to say if you think that AI is really coming for you and coming for your job I don't know if it will ever replace photographers or artists. I think that at the same time, like the pendulum swings. So we're like right now, a lot of people might be having fun creating images or for their own use, or they might be having fun, like looking through the new styles available, but that's not going to last forever. I think it's going to be the sort of thing where it's going to become very uncool. Like, I already feel like it's uncool for brands to be using, like, images of people that are generated with AI. Like, I get that. I think that it gives you more options, but I just don't think that it's, like, it's what their customers want to see. I don't think that they want to be on that side of this issue. Like the whole idea of being a sec, of being a successful brand relies heavily on being relatable. 
and your customers can't relate to fake images that are like so clearly perfected in like a pretty cheesy way. I think that's actually where we came from with the beginning of stock photography. And then everyone got so tired of the cheesy, overdone, um, overproduced, just fake, cheesy stock photos. Like, I'm sure you can all picture exactly what I'm talking about. And we've come a long way since then. And I just, I don't see it going back to that. And that's like the level I see AI photography being on. Now, I do think that you could view it as a different art form, say like a type of illustration. And I think that's where it's going to settle is like its own specific type of content. And I think that there are uses for it. And I think that there are, you know, times when it makes more sense to have an illustrative image than one that is just a photograph. A few months ago, my friend, she was like, I think she was doing a presentation or something that had to do with depression in teenagers or something really dark like that. And she's looking for through these stock images for this topic. And it's just all very bleak, as you can imagine. But I told her like, hey, you should look up some illustrations. And that ended up being a much better option for her and like for that use, right? So photos aren't always the best option when it comes to imagery or content. And like, I think that's okay. There's just like a time and a place for these different art forms, especially in marketing. I think if you're an artist or a creative person like like me who enjoys learning different mediums, you give it a go. Try. I would honestly love to get really good at generating art with some of these tools like Midjourney and Dolly. I think it's a really fun process and I like that it has me like I have to learn how to be really descriptive and really be intentional about what it is that I want and it's almost like you're the art director or you're the curator like it's I think it's a really fun and creative process and if you're someone who likes words you might have you might absolutely fall in love with this honestly so I'm not like completely I'm not saying that oh it's nothing like photography it is an amazing fun creative process and I think you should all try it out but with that being said I just think they're different and people saying that stock photography or even photography is dead because of this like I just don't get that way of thinking. And I think that as creatives, we should be more open and more adaptable and willing to refine our process in different ways. So with that being said, I do also just want to share some ways that I have integrated AI into my stock photography process and how it is probably doubling my sales, honestly. First off, I know that there are like a lot of things you can do with 
editing your photos and calling them, using AI to spot, what's the word? If, a, if it's not a great photo, if it's like out of focus or something like that, it can spot things like that and it can cull through your images for you and choose the best ones and it can do your editing for you. I personally have not tried doing this yet. It's just one of those things that like you can only explore so many new softwares and <laughs> new tools at a time, right? I'm still getting the hang of ChatGPT. So introducing something completely new is just something that like it's going to take time for me to adapt to. But I do know I've seen a lot of photographers talking about this lately about using different AI things in their editing process just to make their work go quicker too. So I know those options are available. The one thing that I do use that I have really integrated into my stock photo workflow is the in Lightroom, there's like the, now I can't think of what it's called. It's like the noise removal tool. And it does have to be with a raw image, but it. I it's incredible honestly the results that I get from some of my older photos that were like taken in really low light or at night even a photo where it was like a camping photo someone wearing a spotlight on their head or not a spotlight a headlamp on their head and that was the only light and I was able to get an amazing photo out of that shot even though like it was super grainy just by using that noise removal tool in Lightroom. And I would say that probably 70% of my images that got rejected by my agencies when I submitted them, probably about 70% of the ones that were rejected were due to too much noise or grain in my images. So now I don't really have that problem anymore. And it's great because anytime you get your photos rejected, you are just wasting your own time. And I hate to have people go through and keyword and everything, their photos, and then get it rejected because of noise. And now we don't have to worry about that. And like I said, it's a pretty easy thing to integrate into your workflow if you're already using Lightroom. So the other way that I use AI in my workflow is with keywording. And I have been doing a lot of testing over the past six months. Seems every month some new tool comes out. And so I've really been digging deep into the keywording options. And the first one that I found that I thought was pretty good is called Xpix. And there's like a pro plus subscription that you would have to pay for if you want to use these tools. But they have an auto keywording tool and a keyword ranking tool. And I felt like the auto keywording tool was okay. Like it was pretty good. It maybe would get you like 20 good keywords, but it also just... It's not perfect yet. It kind of misses the mark and you will have to go in and delete and change some things that are inaccurate or even just adding more keywords. But if you just need like a little help to get started, it is probably one of the best auto keywording tools out there right now. And then there's also the keyword ranking tool, which I really liked to use along with that because it will rank your keywords based on 
harder to rank for versus easier to rank for versus higher competition, lower competition. So I like to use that to make sure that I have a good range of keywords. Um, And even when I'm not like using the auto keywording tool, I'll just do that from time to check my keywords because I have actually been resorting to using ChatGPT to write my titles and my keywords. And basically, it's like I use it as my assistant and it helps me. It gives me really good keywords, first of all. And I have checked those against or on the ranking tool using XPix. That's one thing is that I know ChatGPT is writing really good keywords for me with the like flow that I'm using. But I am working on a process with ChatGPT to have it actually analyze the photo for me. This would be with using a plugin. And I'm sorry if you're not familiar with all these things that I'm mentioning, but I can put them in the show notes for you if you want to explore a little bit. But yeah, I'm work. I'm still like refining this process. And like I said, I feel like something changes every month, but I am working on a process to have it like analyze the photo and then write the keywords and descriptions for me because right now I basically have to describe the photo to chat GPT. But the reason why I felt like this was the best option for me was because, first of all, I feel like I'm pretty good with words and like with describing photos, but it's the only one that will also write a description for me along with giving me the keywords. So there's all these other keywording tools, but I don't know of one that will also give you good titles or good descriptions along with the keywords. So the other thing about keywords is that a lot of the agencies are, they are like using tools that will improve the keywords on their website, like with the images. And I know that this may be more with like free stock photo agencies, but they have, they've updated the keywords on the photos on their sites so that it's easier for customers to find what they're looking for. And this article that I was reading this morning was talking about how it has actually tripled the sales on their site, like on the agency's site. More people are buying photos because it is easier and faster for them to like actually find what it is that they're searching for. Because like on one end, you have to have really good keywords that someone might search for your photo. But on the other hand, like that person also needs to know what it is that they're looking for and be able to describe it. And a lot of these agencies are using technology that kind of helps to easier match up people with what it is that they're looking for. Now, most of the agencies that I work with, they're probably not going to be going in and changing the keywords that contributors have used or at least I'd be really surprised if they did that so that's where it's really on you as a contributor to get really good at keywording and describing your image using words and honestly I think this is how I've been able to really have good luck with stock photography because I never skimped on my keywords like 
I always took the time to be really intentional about getting the right keywords for my images. And this is where if my competition, if they're only writing like 10 really basic keywords for a similar image, even if their image is 10 times better than mine, I'm much more likely to actually make the sale. So it's going to give you a leg up on your competition. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because I just feel like a lot of you are either afraid that AI is like already taking over so you don't want to get started or you feel like it's a waste of time to keep going. And I just really want you to believe me (laughs) when I tell you that now I feel like is probably one of the best times to get into stock photography. And I feel like it's it has even like given me a push to get back into being like really consistent with it and like work on uploading new photos because adapting and changing my workflow and my strategy along with just like how the agencies are putting effort forth to to improve their search and things like that it's increasing my sales it's and it's not just increasing my sales but it is make making stock photography better like it's making it easier for customers to find what they want and they're seeing it more as an option now and I hope that it isn't just like taking more jobs away but I think that you know getting into the mindset of your photos being more available to more people in this marketplace setting and then it's also giving you the freedom to have more fun and be more creative with the photos that you do take I think that if you can adapt that model, then it's going to make you enjoy your job even more. And I don't think that I'm not saying that stock photography is a full-time gig, but it is a great partner to your client work. But I do think that if you make this decision for yourself, you really need to actually be committed. I think that no matter how many times I say this, it's really hard for people to get and understand because a lot of people want passive income when they just need active income. They need money coming in to pay the bills. And passive income isn't the strategy for that when you are like going month to month trying to cover all your bills and trying to make money in your business. And I don't think there's anything wrong with needing that. I'm right there with you. But that's why I have my active income that goes along with my passive income. I have clients and I do put out courses and the passive income is just like the cherry on top. So what I was trying to say is that like the people that come in and need money now, like they're just not ready for the time and commitment that you have to put in up front before you can expect to make a consistent income. 
And I also think like a lot of people think that they're going to be different and that they should be making sales, like good sales around maybe 200 photos in their portfolio. And it just takes a lot more than that. For one thing, like the agency, they aren't going to want to send customers to portfolios that only have a small amount of photos. And like if customers are looking for something and they go to your portfolio and there's not much to look at, then they're going to have to click out and go somewhere else. And then the more times they do that and the more frustrated they get, they are going to exit the site. The agency doesn't want that. Obviously, they want people to find what they're looking for on their site. And so they are going to push up the contributors who have more photos, who have more photos using that one specific keyword. Those are going to show up higher in search. If they're uploading photos every week, they're going to show up higher in search. There's, there's, they have more work for people to look at. They have new work for people to look at. Part of that consistency and getting the higher numbers isn't just because more photos means like more sales. It's, it actually all works together in the grand scheme of things. It is very important to be willing to put in the time to build up to at least a thousand photos. And even then, I have noticed because I've started, started over fresh on cabin images. And so I'm building a portfolio from zero. And I'm really probably still under 100 because I, I don't have my backlog of photos that I can upload there. All those photos are uploaded on other agencies. So anyways, what I was trying to say was that on a multi-uploader agency like that, where they send your photos out to a lot of different agencies for you, the first sales come in are probably going to be the smaller microstock sales that are going to range from one cent to a couple dollars. And I think that's hard for people to see those sales come in first. The reason that it, it happens sooner is just because the whole point of microstock is they want to sell like a high volume of images at a lower price point. So those are just the easier sales to make. But I think people feel disappointed. Oh, my photos aren't worth the premium price. They're not going on the premium agency site. That's not necessarily true. It just takes more time to make those larger sales. So I've already seen it myself. The first sales that I'm seeing come in are, there was one that was like a three cent sale, I think. But Obviously, I know that means nothing and I can have the same photo up and make one cent on it one day and $300 on it the next day on another site. So just please don't feel like that means your photos aren't worthy of like the premium pricing or that you're never going to make premium sales with your photos. It's not what it means at all. I think personally, I got really lucky with one of my first, with my very first sale being like, I think it was a $300 sale. And that gave me just a huge boost of motivation. 
And you're not going to get that same boost of motivation from a 10 cent sales. And I'm sorry about that. But I just, that's why I will tell some people, don't even look at your sales. <laughs> Try not to look for the first six months and let it be a surprise a few months down the road because I just don't want people to start feeling unmotivated. So yeah, that was your pep, pep talk. That was your little kick in the butt to get back to uploading your photos. I know family photo season is probably starting to die down a little bit. You're all in your editing caves and hopefully you're getting a lot taken care of. And I want the next thing that you think about to be, what are you going to do with those photos during the off season? Are you going to finally start uploading and getting your stock portfolio set up. So if that feels like you, I would love to have you join me in my stock photo season holiday challenge. It is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be assigning new photo prompts every week that are going to be like pretty easy for you to get done throughout the holidays while also making some fun memories with your friends and family. And these are, these photo prompts are based on the photos that I've sold and that I've seen do really well, especially around this time of year, the holiday season. You very well could make some sales while you're in this challenge with me, but if not, then you will for sure be making some sales throughout the next year. Christmas is like one of those holidays that people plan for year-round. So even in the middle of the summer, you might sell a holiday image. That's why I think that this challenge might be able to give people a little extra motivation. There's going to be fun prizes. I said that there would be one training included, but I'm actually thinking of a couple that I'm going to upload to the group. So there's going to be resources. You're going to be able to ask me questions. I might do like a surprise Q&A call or something like that. We're going to have fun with it. I think we're also, we also might get a little into AI and some of those tools. And I'm really excited about that. If you haven't guessed yet, there's going to be a lot of AI in my next Stock Photography Academy 2.0 course that I'm working on. So we have that to look forward to. This is, it's crazy cheap, but I just wanted to do a challenge like this for a long time. And I kept going back and forth and I was just like, I'm just going to do it. And I want a bunch of people in it. I started the price out really low. It's, and I haven't changed it yet. It's still only $20. So honestly, if you have any sort of desire to get started or learn more about stock photography, this is the time to do it and get to have me help you out with it. So I would love to see some more of you join. We will be starting that in just a couple weeks, not even two weeks, um, but I'll be, send, I'll be sending out some of the training videos and the materials within the next week probably. So if you signed up, be looking for an email from me. If you don't get anything, check your spam folder. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back inside now to my sick kiddo. 
and get some more cuddling in. <laughs> I hope you all have a great weekend and I'll talk to you again next week.